go to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. The series is choices that bring change. Let God remake you so that your whole attitude of mind is change. 2 Corinthians 11, if you'll get there, and I'll give you a little introduction here. Did you know you're changing? <clears throat> you're changing. So the only thing that's left to be determined is which direction are you changing in? You're becoming somebody. You're changing into something. Now, what is that? What are you changing into? Is it, is it warm in here or is it just me? Is it, it is warm? Okay, thank you. I, you know, I'm a little high-spirited, as you might could tell, so sometimes I'm not a good... I am not a good thermometer. I like I like a room to where you could hang meat in it. Then I know that's about right, you know. Thank you. I, I've heard it. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else want to go with that? Thank you. Um, plus, I've also noticed this. They tell you, this is a side note, uh, that, that in a public arena like this, that a room should not be dark and warm. You want to know why? Because I'm going to do a sermon on for, for you one day on, on how to go to sleep during a sermon. And there are all kinds of different ways that people sleep. You know, you know there's, the, there's the head bob. You know, there's the side to side. You know, there's the all no holes barred back. You know, you know, quit snoring in church, you know. The worst thing you can do is have a room that's warm and dark. That's why I tell them, turn the air conditioning down and get the lights up. That way I don't have anybody to follow. Because we are tired people. And I'm not, we're not the only ones. I've been to other churches and a lot of people fall asleep during the message. But if, that, if that's you, it's okay. Just don't bother anybody else while you're sleeping, all right? And I pray that if anything, you'll get a good nap. <laughs> and the word... <laughs> goes into you during the message. But back to where we are. You're changing. And you're changing into something. And my only question is, whatever that change, I can't, boy, I'm just gnawing at the bit. My next message, I'm just like, man, I can't wait to get to that one. But I got to get to this one before I can get to that one. Next week, I'm going to be talking about change agent. The change agent. But this is what I want to ask you. The things that are in your life, if you tell me you read the Bible, okay, great, more power to you. If you worship, if you sing to the Lord, any of y'all worship while you're by yourself or you wait till Josh gets up here? Uh, or do you pray? Do you ever pray during the day? Come on, I'm over here with the students. Do y'all pray? I'm going to look you dead in the eye. How about right before a test? There always will be prayer in school, right? You can't take prayer out of the school. Not when there's tests. Do you pray? Do you witness? Here's the, this is what I really want to impress to you in this introduction. Is whatever is changing you is transforming you. And so here's what I want to ask. Is, the, is your reading and studying, is it transforming you from one condition to another from one 
form of something to something else? Does your worship, does your worship transform the person who you are? Or do you just sit and sing the words off the screen and then as I'm telling you, as soon as the door slams on your car, you leave unchanged when you leave church? Is it changing you? See, something is changing you. And you've got to determine what am I going to be changing into. You've got to choose what you're going to change into. Now, in uh, 2 Corinthians 11, verses 2 and 3, let's read this verse. And this, I've come back to this again. I was looking at my notes. I said, Lord, I preached on this verse like a few months ago. It's like, the people are not going to think I've got anything else to preach, Lord. And he's like, okay, you need to bring this to them again. Because, folks, this is a last day's message for the church. Now, here is what Paul says about, we talked about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and the tree of, of life. And what we learned last week is that there, the tree of knowledge is still accessible to, to, today. People are still eating from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You say, but you're talking about the world, right? No, this is to Christians. You can be saved, born again, going to heaven and still be feeding from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So the message today is, which tree are you feeding from? Which tree are you feeding from? Let's pick it up in verse 2. This is Paul writing to the church at Corinth. For I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy. For I have betrothed you to one husband that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness so your minds might be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Can we pray together? Say with me, say, Lord, this is your word. We love your word. We ask you to speak to us through your word today. It's a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. We've hidden your word in our heart that we might not sin against you. Speak through the little preacher today. Speak to us and let us be changed because we choose to receive your word from the tree of life. In Jesus' name, we pray and let the people of God say. Let's look at this verse now. It says, for I am jealous for you with the godly jealousy. This is a different perspective. If you will look at it from this point, here is an apostle giving testament to his ministry and I'm not sure a lot of people in church understand this, a lot of church going people especially in America, that they don't understand a pastor will have to give an account of his ministry to the people that they minister to and notice that he says I have a godly jealousy oh I do for you too I have a godly jealousy you know I don't want any snake coming in here by the way, we don't pass out snakes during the service in case you were wondering, nor do we pass out Kool-Aid. Um, but if there's a serpent that comes into your family, you know, I'm, and I'm not talking about a literal, I'm talking about the enemy. Boy, I'm going to tell you what, some of y'all, prob- you've probably seen some of that side of me during preaching. 
But there's a side of me. If somebody comes after you, listen. I don't know if I can even go there. Because I have a godly jealousy for you. I stand when you don't see me during the week. But she'll tell you that, that I'm standing in prayer over you. I'm praying over your family. And guess what? The word says in Hebrews 13, 17, says, I must give an account of your soul to the Lord. I'm, I'm convinced most people who church hop don't understand that. That the pastor must answer for the ministry. And Paul says, and, and, and I, I have a godly jealousy. Now look at, this is pretty amazing. He says, for I have pr- uh, promised or betrothed you to one husband. Do you see that? In other words, I, I'm looking at you and like Paul is saying, saying church, all of y'all, I'm wanting to take you and promise you. Now watch, I've got the cross behind me. So I'm going to let that represent Jesus. As your pastor, I'm saying, oh God, I want to take this church that you're planting and I want to present them as a pure virgin before you. As much as I can. Now, I'm not accountable for your salvation and I'm not accountable for your decisions you make, but as your pastor leading you, I want to make sure to present you as a pure virgin. I mean, notice Paul's words there. He didn't just say, I'm presenting you as a virgin. He says, I want to present you as a pure virgin, unspotted, untainted by the world, untouched, unadulterated. I'm wanting to present you, church of the souls, to Jesus, your husband. But now notice the next part, verse 3. But I fear, now this is not the spirit of fear, but this is concern. Lest some... How? Can you stop and put your, word, your, your eyes on that word for a moment? When he says, lest somehow, what do you think that it means? That means evidently around you and your life, the enemy is lurking. The Bible says he walks around, come on, like a roaring lion. He lurks around you. He, he scopes. He, he spots He analyzes. The Bible talks about his wiles or his schemes. The Bible talks about his devices. He's walking around and he's looking and he says, lest somehow. So we're talking about a pure virgin. We're talking about a church. But now he's saying, but I am concerned that somehow the serpent is going to deceive you the way he did Eve. Do you see that he is he takes us, we're standing here reading the passage. Now, uh, you know, this was written uh, a few years after, you know, probably like 70, 80 AD after the resurrection. Okay, but listen. He takes us from that moment and, and at that writing, cast our mind back to the garden. Right? Remember we read it last week? And God said, and, and the word says, and there were trees in the garden. And he said, and there was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and there was the tree of, the, of, of life in the center of the garden. Listen, listen. He said in the midst of the garden, in the center of it was the tree of knowledge and the tree of life. And so God has given us a picture. One of the two trees is going to be in the center of your life. 
You have got to determine which tree you're going to feed from. You say, now it's, Bill, isn't that a physical tree? It was, and it will be again. But right now, it's a spiritual tree. If you read in Revelation chapter 2, he says, to him who overcomes, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life. So in other words, it's a future event. Revelation 22 talks about the tree of life that's there in heaven right now. Remember it said that after Adam sinned, it said that he, he stationed uh, cherubim at the entrance of the gate so that it says, lest man break through and partake of the tree of life while he was damned in sin. So what God was saying, he said, I can't let him eat of that tree because if I do, he'll have eternal damnation before I have chance for redemption's plan to come complete course. And so this, this, is a, this is for real a tree that we eat from today. So look this way, child of God. I'm trying to get to you and I'm trying to get to your mind. I like what Tozer said. The first thing that comes to your mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. Can I say it again? Y'all look good back there, by the way. The first thing that comes to your mind when you think about God is the most important thing about you. Do you understand that today people will project onto God images that's not Him? You know, a lot of people have thoughts about God. They think about God. But the truth is, is that you can't just think about God and say, well, that's Him. You can't make up a God and say, that's Him. Now, people try that. You know, 12-step program, my higher power. I'm sure he's insulted by that. You don't make up some, some image and say, that's God. God's going, look, look, I know who I am, but do you know who I am? And so these trees are spiritually real. You eat from them. And he says, look at it again with me, lest somehow the serpent deceived Eve. Notice he didn't talk about Adam. Adam wasn't deceived. Eve was. Eve took of the fruit and, it, and she ate it and then she gave it to her husband who was with her it said and it said and that he the serpent deceived her by his craftiness and he said I'm afraid that your minds may somehow be corrupted somebody say corrupted that your minds may be somehow corrupted from your simplicity that's in Christ so if that were not possible why would he write it if it's not possible for you to be, it, it, in other words, it's possible for you to be born again that if you drop dead right there, and by the way, I'll preach your funeral if you drop dead right there, but if you, <laughs> excuse me, made me laugh. <clears throat> but if you kill over, if you assume room temperature right there where you are, where was I going with that? Why are you going to kill over on me right in the middle of the service? <laughs> now I'm all upset because you died on me right in the middle of a service. <laughs> because we're preaching your funeral. And the truth is, is that you can't, you can't change anything else that's out on the side of you, but you can change yourself. And he says, just as that serpent corrupted this person your minds can be corrupted. So in other words, that's where I jumped off is that you could be born again going to heaven, but do you know you could be sitting in church and be deceived? 
Oh, Bill, come on. Tell us something happy. Make us happy. Go to the happy place today with me. Now, I'm trying to tell you that this is a last day's message because do you understand that what we read in apocalyptic scripture that when the Antichrist comes and the beast, that masses, and the Bible says there will be a great falling away. It's taking a place right now. People are falling away from the, pastors are getting up over in Atlanta, Georgia, big Baptist church. Pastors got up and says, I'm coming out of the closet. I'm proclaiming my gayness. And the people are like, oh, isn't it wonderful? Pastor is so open-minded and so tolerant. What? Do you see, deception is moving into the church. And so my, my question to you, child of God, is are, are you deceived? Are you deceived? And the other question is, how do you know when you're deceived? I mean, come on, it's, it's somebody that's deceived. You walk up to them, they go, you're deceived. And they're, and they're, they're like, what are you talking about? I'm not deceived. I mean, go over to David Koresh in Waco, Texas. Walk along those halls and talk to those people. Oh, no, David Koresh is a great man of God. How about y'all remember Jim Jones? Back way, what was that, in the 60s, 60s, 70s? Took all those people. I mean, come on. How you think, those, do you, if you went to those people, do you think they would say, tell you they were deceived? They'd say, no, we've got the truth. So how do you know when you're deceived? You said it. That word is a light. Here's the issue, though, is that they've got the word, too. So what's the difference? Watch this now. There is a spirit that has entered into them somehow. It has somehow gotten into them and has swayed them and gotten them off the track. And they can't see where they're going. Listen, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. And he will never lead you into into heresy. He will never lead you into falsehood. Why? Because he is the Holy Spirit and he, he knows how to point out where there is error. So I think of it like this. We all can all, that's why I'm coughing. If you understand, I'm on the back side of that crud that was going around. It just aggravates me so much. So I just pray for me as I get through this message. But how does a virus get into you? It just gets into you, doesn't it? How about when you, they talk about their warning about a virus, a computer virus. How does that usually get it? You open something. Don't you point and click on something and you don't know it's there, but it's hidden? It can be malware, it can be spyware, something, and, and you click on it and you don't know it, but this file comes into your computer hard drive, and you don't, but it's got a virus in it, and that thing takes off and it starts spreading. Now you're starting to get a picture of what Paul is saying here. Watch out as the serpent deceived Eve so your minds might be corrupted. The word is poison or toxicity that somehow inserted into your mind. Notice he didn't say your spirit. Listen, when you're born again, the Holy Spirit's inside of you. You become the temple of the Holy Spirit. So he can't get in your spirit, but apparently he can get in your mind. And the only things that I see, the Bible says we need to gird our mind. We need to guard it to make sure that we're not allowing the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and hear it again, it didn't just say, well, Bill, we're staying away from that tree of evil. That's not what it said. The tree of knowledge is of knowledge and good and evil. 
So how do you know when you're looking at something good that there's not evil in it? You see, that's what a lot of people, a lot of people in church, God has, he wants us to have a discerning spirit and a distinguishing mind. We ought, we ought to be able to listen to something and not only uh, rationalize and reason is it true, but also feel it. You know, there, there are some people, listen, we were watching a movie. <clears throat> some of you may have heard of it. It's based on a best-selling book a few years ago. It's called Conversations with God. Anybody ever heard of it? Conversations with God were good. <laughs> That's a good thing, by the way. Because I saw it at the store. It was a New York Times bestseller. So in other words, it has sold either hundreds of thousands or, or millions of copies. And they, they brought a movie out based on the book. Well, as a pastor and as a Christian, I saw the title. I thought, okay, I'm provoked. Conversations with God. I, I have those every day. And we were sitting there watching it. We got folks, listen, five minutes into the movie and there was a check in our spirit. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Now, we hadn't seen anything yet. There was, wasn't anything overt, but something that's like, this, this doesn't feel right. There's something wrong with this. In other words, something inside of us is distinguishing our devotion, our simplicity. Something inside of us telling, and then it went on, and this got major new age. Just total new age, all kinds of just confusion about, and, 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 and there's nothing about Jesus. Hey, look at me, child of God. All truth and all knowledge should lead to Jesus. Yeah. Amen. I got my cowboy boots on today. I'm like... Can I get an amen? You say, well, that tree of, of, of knowledge of good and evil. If you're watching something or reading something or listening to something and the knowledge and the truth, the goodness that's in it does not lead you to Christ, it is the tree of knowledge. And if you let it into you, it's possible it could corrupt your mind. I'm telling you the truth. You know this world, young people, let me come over here for a minute. Um, whether you figured it out or not this world will chew you up and spit you out now I you know the only thing that I wish now at 55 I got saved when I was 20 see we got saved about the same time you're, you're actually two months older than I am in the Lord aren't you February 7th I was there I was thank you congratulations <laughs> Uh, how many of y'all gave your heart to the Lord when you were just a little child? Let me see you and wave at me. Let me make sure. All right. How many of it was a little later? Let me see that. All right. Thank you. Thank you. I see that hand. Uh, only thing I wish I could change is I would go back west and I'd give my heart to the Lord as early as I could. How about y'all? Man, I think about all that junk that I went through and now God's using it. Don't get me wrong. He can, he can take what was lost and restore it and use it. But man, kids, if you could just get on fire for the Lord, if you could figure it out early, man, when you, get, when you hit younger, you, you'd be like light years ahead of everybody else your age because like you figured it out. Do you understand how many of us it took us a long time to figure it out? Now, what does it look like? When you start feeding from the tree and you start letting this world 
Oh, I'm going to go there. Oh, yes, I am. Um, you know that Elvis was raised in a Pentecostal home and started out singing gospel? You see what happened to him? Now, I believe probably Elvis went to heaven. I don't know that sure, but I believe at some point the person's dying that they say, oh, Jesus, help me, and he'll be there with them. How about Jimi Hendrix? Some of y'all don't, y'all don't remember Jimi Hendrix, do you? Y'all, all you older folks are like, yeah, yeah, we know who you're talking about. Yeah. All right, but since you, since you, if you don't know that, how about during our time, I have watched people who were beautiful, started out young and innocent and beboppy, and all of a sudden, they're changing. Something's changing them. Somebody like a, hey, Britney Spears. I don't mean to be calling people out. I'm just giving you pop culture examples. How about uh, Christine Aguilera? Hmm? Justin Bieber, Miley Cyrus. You know Miley Cyrus was raised, that Billy raised a profession Christian? You see, something has hit her and waylaid her. She's gone, you understand? Justin Bieber's mom's a Christian, yet his dad's sitting on the plane smoking rabbit weed with him, you know? Are you getting the picture? If you let this world get into your head, take a real good look what it looks like because it will destroy you. It will chew you up and it will spit you out. And don't sit there and think, yeah, but this is me, Bill. I'm invincible. I'm Batman. (laughs) Evil can't touch me. Well, guess what? If that is your philosophy, then here's what I've learned. We have found the enemy, and he is in us. He's not out there in the world somewhere. Oh, the booger bear is out there. Get him, Bill. No, you've let him get inside your head if you're letting the world in your head. Can I go to the adults now? And fuss at you that, you know, that according on what we set before us and entertain us, according on what we allow to listen to, those things, it has a spirit attached to it. And you've got to be discerning as to what is behind there. Hey, can I give you a couple examples? Because going we're going to differentiate. I gave you a little insert there because a lot of you uh, asked for that. I went way too fast at the end of the message about contrasting between the good tree and the, and the between the life tree and the... Um, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. <clears throat> but um, how about I give you some examples of, um, of the tree of knowledge. Now, oh boy, this may get some people upset, but I'm going to go there. Why? Because I'm a preacher. That's my job, to step on toes. All right, just remember, if I step on your toes, come up and see me right after the service. I'll show you mine. They're black and blue. And the other thing, if you're offended, then my job is to offend everybody in the room. I'm an equal opportunity offender. And if you're not offended, please come see me after the service. I'll find something to offend you about. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for that, that invitation. All right, let me tell you something that looks good, but it's a tree of knowledge of good and evil. There's a great celebration about the whole Harry Potter thing. 
Everybody looks, oh, it's great. Listen, and where's my school teachers? All right. How many school teachers you know that the, 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 um, they're saying, oh, don't put down the kids for reading Harry Potter. We've got kids reading in record numbers now because this thing has absorbed them. They're reading these books ferociously. Do you know why they're reading those books ferociously? Well, apparently this author, Rawlings, has uh, an anointing. The only thing, it's an unholy anointing. And it's compelling. She's got a gift that God could have used it, but she set it in the kingdom of darkness and she gets her information from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and she dispenses it into book form. Now it's out in movies. And you've got millions of kids who have absorbed this. The only problem is Harry Potter is the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And people who are getting, oh, but Bill, that's okay. No, it's witchcraft celebrated in a positive form. It's, it's the kingdom world turned upside down. It's good is bad and bad is good. But if you're not discerning, if your mind's not renewed so that you think with Christ's thoughts, you think with God's thoughts, then you'll read it and think, what the bill? Don't get all wound up about Harry Potter. For heaven's sake, there's worse things than that. Oh, yeah, millions of kids are being deceived. Can I go on? Um, how about that whole twilight thing? Saga. Oh, I've seen people get obsessed with it. Oh, Bill, it's, don't, don't get all wound up. It's just a love story. Yeah, with a little bit of witchcraft and supernatural stuff going on. Why do you think it hit such levels that everybody went so freaky about it? Because there's a spirit behind it. And guess what? By the way, that's a Greek word, freaky. Just, it's somewhere in the Bible. Just read it and you'll find it. Uh, they're reading this, they're, they're watching it, and they think, oh, there isn't this wonderful. The only thing is, is that, again, it's witchcraft celebrated in a good white witchcraft form. You see what I'm saying? You, you know, I'm not, I, can, I don't get the whole vampire thing anyway. Going around sucking on people's necks and sucking blood. I was like, come on, please. Uh, okay, here's another one. Okay, this one, this one definitely is going to set us up. Set, so we, uh, we determined after the end of the fast that we needed to do a house cleaning, that we may have let some stuff into our house that was not good. You want me to tell you another knowledge of good and evil? Here it comes. Walt Disney. Walt Disney. Now you're saying all of them? There's a lot of good stuff that comes out of Walt Disney. You hear what I'm saying? There's a lot of good stuff that comes out of Walt Disney. But there's some bad stuff too. The only question is, when do you know which is which? When I just saw ones coming out this week, I don't remember in, in the next couple of months, it's, it's this one, this hocus pocus witchcraft stuff. And it's like, we're looking at this and there ain't no way we're going to let our daughters watch this. Now, I'm not talking about Donald Duck and Mickey Mouse and stuff like that. You understand that? That stuff's innocent. I'm telling you, they're, they're coming out with some stuff that's wicked. And what it's doing is kind of just easing kids into opening their minds to corruption. And so I believe you need to go through your, your DVD set and you need to go through and say, God, show us, is there anything that we're allowing the enemy to corrupt our minds? Because we don't want this in our house. Amen? You know, for, I'll give one example of, of Disney. You know, one day of year, they, the one week every year, they, they have a, uh, a gay, gay week. Uh, and they, they celebrate that life. Folks, it's a sin. 
we, we love anybody who has a struggle with sin, no matter what that sin is. We love the sinner, but understand, when somebody's pushing it on you, they're going against God. And I'm not, I might not get much of an amen here, but I'm going to go ahead anyway. Is that righteousness is what exalts a nation, and when you have a corporation that embraces abomination, then listen, there's corruption in that. And so, how do you know when something's corrupting you? Well, there's, there's a, a lot of examples. I, I, I sat down with a pen and I came up with a lot, but here's what I'm trying to get to you. You've got to train your mind to be a spiritually sensitive mechanism so that when you see it, not only can you rationalize it, but you can feel it because there is a great falling away. Folks, think about during the 30s and 40s. Think about Hitler. Hitler was able to stand. Listen to me, listen. Hitler was able to stand up before millions and some of those people are sitting in German churches and he's able to somehow almost hypnotize him. Go back and look at some of the footage of some of the people in those crowds while Hitler is speaking. He's so profound, he's under an unholy anointing that he hypnotizes them and they're just sitting there. You can tell they're under a spell. And so how's, if that's going to happen with the Antichrist, then how do you know it won't happen to you? Because we've got to have our minds renewed. We need to have the mind of Christ turn. Oh, by the way, I wanted to show you this. My Becca Bear found this last week. She said, Daddy, this, this was your message last Sunday morning. Put that graphic up there. Uh, take a quick look at it if you can. Can y'all see it from the back? Can y'all see it okay? It just, I might as well just close the service right now. Look at it. Does that not tell you everything you need to know? You say, is that Bible? Ready? Next verse. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Hey, what's on your mind right now? You thinking about KFC? What time is it? Oh, yeah. We got a roast in the oven, Pastor. Don't go long. As a... First lady, bringing it, break, breaking it down, making it real up here. Uh, we've got, you know, rice box waiting on us or something. I don't know. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Now they're talking about the whole science of the brain. They talk about neural pathways that you literally, by the way you think, you sculpt your mind. Are you hearing me? That the way you think is setting, and not only that, and Dr. Rodden was telling this, uh, you know, when he, he taught on this some time ago, uh, that, that even what's going on in your mind can get down into your DNA, and you can change your DNA by what's going on in your mind. Here's an example uh, of what he used. If you see somebody, and for, they, they either they do something to you, or you just take up a position that you just don't like this person. Do you know when you see that person, you say, you know what, I don't like them. And you walk away, and the next time you see them, you repeat the thought again. It's, oh, there he is. You know what, I don't like him. Do you know what they have found? 
with the way the neural pathways and it can get down that you will map out literally you will create a place in you to where it will become a part of you to where you will inside of you do not like that person because where your mind went is what you became how many know it's so important to understand what's going on in your mind because the enemy loves to get, do you understand how many churches have been split because some people got mad at each other and couldn't get along and the enemy goes yes uh, you know fiery darts I put a fiery dart in their head I, I put a negative thought negative toward the preacher negative toward somebody in the church and the enemy the serpent comes right in and deceives everybody seeing that so as a man thinks in his heart so is he you are what you think now definition of being fully grown Go with me to um, Hebrews 5.14. Hebrews 5.14. And set up the passage here. It's talking about um, young, the young Christians are those who um, are drinking milk. And he says, you know, you should, you've been on the milk of the word, he's writing to them. He said, but by now, you should be eating solid food. And he says, but solid food belongs to those who are full age or for the mature and this is and that is those who by reason of use of their senses exercise to discern both good and evil now notice what happens when we become mature as Christians that we learn how to use by reason of use how many of you ever heard um if, if you don't use it, you'll... Come on, if you don't use it, you'll... What you talking about? Talking about your mind. Anybody remember back in the 60s and 70s, the United Negro College Fund? Does anybody remember what the tagline was? The United Negro College Fund. The mind is a terrible thing to waste. How many Christians do you think are wasting the good mind that God has given them because they're putting it in something else and not putting it to where he can train their mind to become like his. It's not something, it's just, you know, I told you during some of my, my test in Bible college, you know, it's third pot of coffee, three o'clock in the morning, my roommate's asleep and I am mad at him because he can get up and make an A and not even study you know and I'm having to study for three hours come on I'm looking I'm gonna come over here can anybody else know what I'm talking about it was, it was harder for me in school than it was for other people and I'm sitting there thinking oh Lord I've got to do well on this test and I ri- literally took the book and went oh God is it possible <laughs> yes it is it is but you got to give him something to work with too but the mind is a terrible thing to waste and you got to give him something you got to let him get in your mind and it's by getting into his word letting his word get into you you know what I, 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 I learned when I went to Bible school in fact I had a prophecy right before when God I'd just gotten saved you know, you know my testimony. It's seven years of drug addiction. I just got my life right with the Lord, and, and a person came and gave me a handwritten um, note. Didn't know me from Adam's house cat, and said, um, "The Lord's pleased with your choice to follow Him." He said, um, 
and don't worry about how you're going to pay for Bible school. I hadn't even thought about Bible school. And he said, don't worry how you're going to pay for Bible school. He said, because I've got it. He said, and by the way, when you go to school, don't get so caught up in studying about me that you forget to spend time with me. Now, you know, that was 34 years. You understand, I'm quoting it to you. Why? Because can I tell you, young people, what I learned, even going to Bible school can be a spiritual graveyard for some people. Because look at me. Just because you study about God doesn't mean you know God. You know, there are a lot of people who think because they have thoughts about God in the Bible that that translates that they're a spiritual person. It does not become real until first it gets in your head and your heart and then it comes out in your hands and your feet. Now you got the real thing. Otherwise, it's just a bunch of stinking thinking. It's just theology in your head. It's just Bible in your head. Do you understand the Pharisees could quote the Bible backwards and forward? Hey, man, I, can, I got scripture. You want me to give you scripture? Man, I'll rat-tat-tat you. I'll knock you down with some scripture. And Jesus said, you search the scriptures because in them you think you have a job, but they testify. I mean, that's the irony of that. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. Here is the word in flesh. I mean, Jesus is like, oh, the word. Mm, here I am. Now, apparently, because look, Nicodemus, he said he came, uh, who else? Uh, Simon, and he's a priest in the temple. Anna, Miss Anna, said she was, she'd been there fasting and praying, been waiting. The Lord said, I'm not going to die until the Messiah comes. And Jesus walked in, ah, there he is. That's the word. So people who were in the spirit recognized the word. The people who were in the word without the spirit didn't even see him. So I think that might preach. I think I might just preach it. How about let's get the word into us and letting the Holy Spirit give us revelation. Oh, I got to Come on, Jeremiah. I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to help myself. I'm going to help myself here. Uh, yeah, I want to go over the back thing. I'm going to give you homework today. But do you know that Paul, watch this now. Paul, everybody remember Paul? I know Paul. Paul, not this Paul. Paul was a student of Gamil. He said, you ever went, um, read his pedigree? He's like, man, I'm all that. He's, man, I'm a bowl of Fruit Loops and everything else. I'm a, I'm a Benjamite. As far as a zealot, I'm a zealot. I'm a Pharisee of Pharisees. As far as zeal persecuting the church, come on, I'm more zealous than you are. And he's not laying it all out. Anybody remember that passage? Watch this. He said, but I'll count all these things lost to know the excellency of the knowledge of knowing Christ. Do you see his pathway when he went on his missionary journeys? Paul did not get up, Miss Anita. I, I just didn't, I don't see him. You know, here he is, this seminary trained no, I know I, I can give you Greek, baby. I can quote Hebrew for you. you Want to hear some Hebrew? I mean, I can I can break it down. I can I can exegete the scriptures for you. You can get up and say, you know, to quote the great theologian. You know, guess what? When he traveled, he preached. You know what it was? 
He said, that which I received by revelation of the Lord Jesus is what I declared to you. When he got saved, he went away into the desert and prayed and fasted and got into the word and it changed everything. And he came back, oh my goodness, and he preached Jesus. You want to know where you can tell somebody's been feeding from the tree of knowledge? Watch, watch, watch. Everybody, you want to know, This is I do this every day. I can tell more about a person by just listening to them talk than anything else. Anybody know what I'm talking about? If you'll listen to a person, and I'm not talking about where they're having to answer your questions. I'm just talking about involuntary, just, you know, or voluntarily just, just let them talk. Listen. Y'all out there? If a person, all they do is talk about themselves, then they're eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Because look at what happened to Adam and Eve. It's the first thing that happened to them when, they, when the curse and the corruption came in. And they, they, they saw, okay, we're naked. They started thinking about themselves. we got to cover this up. We've we got to hide ourselves. God's coming. The fall and the corruption caused them to be self-centered. See, that's what the enemy wants, is us to be thinking about ourselves, talking about ourselves. But you can tell when a person's been feeding from the tree of life. You can tell when a preacher has been with Jesus. The preachers that get up and talk about themselves and everything they're doing, watch out. Amen, Bill. But the preachers that get up and talk about Jesus, I want to tell you what I've seen. I've been in his presence. I've heard his word. I'm amazed. Have you seen him today? Have you felt him today? Isn't he amazing? Isn't he wonderful? And you walk away going, man, he's got an amazing Jesus. Because that's all he talks about. That's the one I'm going to watch. Because he's taken, he's got my eyes on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Excuse me, on the tree of life. He's taking my trees, my, my eyes off of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. I want you to take this for a homework on the back of that. I'm not going to go through it now because my time's done. But I've gone through with some scripture and talked about a discerning, because they're able to discern good from evil. You can either be carnally minded or you can be spiritually minded. That's what he's after in us today, to be spiritually minded. You can be unclaimed in your mind or you can be renewed in your mind anybody ever been to unclaimed baggage come on anybody ever been to unclaimed baggage what how many have not been to unclaimed baggage over in Scottsboro oh you got to go there just get in the let's go right now let's get in the car let's go see there's a lot of unclaimed baggage just gathering up in our head and the enemy will use it we got to clear out our heads so we can focus on him. Can I get an amen? Double-minded. Double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. We need to be focused on our mind. This is going to get me to next week. People are, some people are ignorant in their minds. In other words, they, 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 um, they love the Lord, but they, they just don't know. Listen, God wants you to know. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. We need to understand, so we have, need to have an informed mind. Passive mind, wow. Do you know 
what one of the most dangerous things about watching TV or sitting in front of a computer is, it's not necessarily the fruit that's coming through it. It's the fact that a TV screen trains your mind to become passive and think for you. How do you think that Antichrist is going to deceive so many people? Passive minds. It's a weapon, folks, I'm telling you. We've got to know how he works. We need to have an active mind. God created your mind to be active. Corrupted mind, we talked about that. Constructed mind. Your mind needs to be constructed with the knowledge of God. And last, there are people who are filled with knowledge, but they don't know God. Folks, I've sat and, I've sat and listened to, to teachers, to professors who had PhDs in the Bible, and yet they'd tell you the virgin birth didn't take place. They tell you, oh, the Bible's not the Word of God. It contains the Word of God. And you're looking at this person saying, this person is an expert in the Bible, but they don't even understand it. You can have a lot of information about the Bible, but what God wants you to have is revelation of the Bible. And that comes from the tree of life. You received this today? Come on, stand up on your feet.